Welcome back to a Clubfoot Mom podcast. I am your host and fellow Clubfoot Mom, Maureen Hoff. On today's episode, I have the opportunity to speak with Karen Moss, founder and executive director of Steps Charity. I first met Karen when she was a speaker and fellow panelist on a webinar sponsored by MD Orthopedics and quickly realized what an amazing person and clubfoot advocate she is. Karen is a clubfoot mom herself with her son being born with unilateral clubfoot and treated by Dr. Ponsetti. Karen is also the founder of Steps Charity NPC, which is based in Cape Town, South Africa, and whose core purpose is to improve the lives of children born with clubfoot. Karen and I are going to discuss a whole host of topics on today's episode, including her personal experience as a clubfoot parent, why she founded her nonprofit organization, and an upcoming conference that is being held. I'm excited for you all to hear this conversation with Karen, so let's jump in. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Maureen. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited for us to have this conversation today. Um, as you know, I'm always, I've been such a big fan of you and I'm just thrilled to have you on the podcast today. So thanks so much for coming. I'm really going to enjoy this conversation because I know we've got a lot in common and um, thanks for giving me the opportunity to be part of your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we just start with the beginning, your personal connection, your kind of founding Clubfoot story? Well, my founding Clubfoot story is I had a son born with Clubfoot um, mm -hmm. who's now 19 years old. So wow. it's been a long journey for me. Um, and when he was born with Clubfoot, we didn't know until he was born, although I had had a few scans, they didn't pick it up. I think mm -hmm. scans in those days, they were just sort of moving over to 3D. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it depended how the child was lying. And anyway, I think, I don't know who's more shocked, my doctor or me. Mm. <laughs> and uh, she, you know, said, I, I'm not happy with his feet. And I was thinking, what on earth is she talking about? And the pediatrician said, your son has bilateral telepes equinovirus. And I was like, what? thought he had some kind of syndrome, you know? Yeah. And then he said, that's also known as clubfoot. And I said, oh, I know what that is. My, my cousin had one when I was a oh. child. Yeah. I remember I was nine years old when my cousin was born. It was mm -hmm. the only one that I'd, we'd ever had in our family. And anyway, we started, you know, as every new parent, whether you find out in utero or um, at birth, mm -hmm. going through those first few initial days of shock. And I think fear of the unknown, you know, is, is the mm -hmm. biggest biggest thing is you know what what's my child going to go through are, are they going to be shunned are they going to have pain is is I'm a, you know the terror of being a new parent combined with a new parent with a child with a challenge you know mm -hmm. it's just overwhelming mm -hmm. um, and I think the first couple of days I was more in shock than anything else I hadn't really processed it and then um, the same pediatrician said no you must go to this doctor he's fantastic with club foot and so with, by the time my son was eight days old, we were having casting on his feet. Mm -hmm. But it was the old style kite method. So he was having half leg casts and um, not much was going on. And this doctor was a very matter of fact surgeon who was, you know, older and mm -hmm. very respected. And he just said to me, you must prepare yourself for surgery. Um, most children have surgery and 
I have patients playing first team rugby and don't worry about it. And now my personal reference to that was that I had a bad car accident when I was 18 years old, hmm. which resulted in having um, surgery on my jaw. I had three different surgeries. And I know by experience that there's no such thing as no after effects from surgery. Hmm. Hmm. So I've, my, my surgeon at the time underplayed a lot of what I was going to go through. Uh, and um, and I was worried, you know, having seen my cousin's mm. foot um, that was three sizes smaller, he was born with unilateral club foot mm. and a thin calf. I just thought, you know, this there's definitely going to be more to this. And mm. um, when my son was about eight weeks old and we were had already been booked for surgery when he was three months old, I found myself looking on the internet trying to find answers. And just by pure luck and chance, came across this link that said no surgery for clubfoot. And I was like, mm. wow. And it was actually a link from Dr. Ponsetti's original page on the University of mm. um, Iowa Children's Hospital website. And I read the whole night um, all the stuff that he'd written. And mm. I read all the testimonials. There was one by a sort of a, a pharmacist who was already in his 50s. And my husband had been out and he came home and I, I said, we're going to Iowa. And he's like, what? But about <laughs> 10, 10 days later, I managed to convince him. <laughs> like, where's Iowa? You know, um, my friend in New York, my friend in New York was like, you're going to Iowa? You know? <laughs> I said, yes, that's where I have to go. Um, and we did a little bit more research in South Africa and established that no one was doing the Ponsetti method. Mm -hmm. um, and no one had been trained by Dr. Ponsetti. Dr. Ponsetti confirmed that himself. Mm. What was quite incredible to me was that when I initially found this link, I wrote an email to Dr. Ponsetti, not knowing if he was still practicing, because I'd done the maths and I thought, this guy must be well into his 80s, because mm -hmm. if he started this so long ago, mm -hmm. you know, I wonder if he's still practicing. Well, the, two days later, because it was on the weekend, I phoned to see what was, you know, if my email had been received and they put me on hold and put me straight through to him. Wow. So I ended up having this conversation with Dr. Ponsetti, not knowing what an icon he was yet. Yeah. Um, and he said, Mrs. Moss, when can you come to Iowa? Mm. And I just said, well, can't I do it closer? And he said, well, no one's been trained in South yeah. Africa and come mm. as soon as you can. So we landed up going to Iowa and that was really where my true connection with Clubfoot started because having met Dr. Ponsetti was a turning point in my life and an inspiration mm. that I still, I can't even explain what it meant to me, um, but it was life-changing for me. And um, that's how it has inspired me to do everything I do now, really. Mm. It, was, it was my personal connection. You know, Alex's feet were within three casts. They were completely straight. He did the, the tenotomy on the third cast. And we flew home with him in casts and mm -hmm. with a brace that had been fitted for him at the clinic. Mm -hmm. Took the cast off on our own at home, mm -hmm. fitted the brace ourselves at home, you know, 10,000 miles away. And he was my email contact. I would write to him and say, I'm having a problem with this. And mm. I'd send him a video and he would always respond, you know, um, for the first two years of Alex's life. And yeah, that was incredibly special the, the care that he had for mm -hmm. for every child was yeah un unbelievable wow that's incredible I think 
Well, first of all, I just feel like, yeah, it would be such an amazing experience for us moms who, Dr. Ponsetti changed so much. They He changed the course of direction for these clubfoot kids, you know, for like my cutie alone. And she, but I, I've, I've never met him. I don't know, you know, I mean, so it's this piece of being able to be treated by him and to hear, I love hearing stories from people because he He's exactly how the way people talk about him is the way that I envision him, how he was as a person and just the amount of care that he had for his kids and just his ability to, um, you know, bring to bring ease to parents too and through communication and that's incredible. He was so so calm in his clinic and he always had a little Mm -hmm. twinkle in his eye and he's very warm. Mm-hmm. And I still remember the first time we were there, you know, in the middle of the United States. I've never been to the Midwest before. Wow. Um, not knowing what to expect. Although as soon as I got there, I felt this is the right place. Mm. And Alex started crying during his cast. And, you know, people always said babies never cried with Dr. Ponsetti. But <laughs> some do. <laughs> did. And um, yeah. he looked at me and he said, your little boy has a temper <laughs> and, he, and he picked him up and he walked off down the passage with him and I thought he's just taken my baby <laughs> and I didn't even you know it was such a funny feeling you know yeah. and came back he was whispering into Alex's ear while he was walking down the passage with him and he came back and Alex had stopped crying and then he fell asleep because obviously the casts were warm so yeah. after that I was calling him the baby whisperer because yeah. I just couldn't believe what he'd done it was quite wow. incredible that yeah. is that's incredible. So how do you think you said that meeting him kind of changed was like a changing moment in your life? How do you think your this moment and the your personal experience with your son with Clubfoot impacted what you're doing now? Um well my son told me when I was we were we had some visitors from the US involved mm-hmm. in club court and we were on Table Mountain and he was quite young and he started getting angry because I wanted him to come off the mountain or something. So he was, you know, having like a bit of an argument with me because mm-hmm. Dr. Bonsetti was right. He does have a temper, <laughs> but it is <laughs> quick, quick and it burns out quite quickly. <laughs> and um, he said, you wouldn't be doing any of this if it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And I said, you're right. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think mm-hmm. having having had the experience of being a mother mm-hmm. going through that has has definitely given me um an incredible understanding of I think what any mother goes through mm-hmm. and I through my work have met mothers of all different nationalities and different you know ways of living and different countries and I really believe we all feel very much the same about our children and what we want for them and our desires and our hopes and and that's impacted me um hugely i think it's it's developed empathy and mm. understanding of and you know of other people mm-hmm. and um it's also made me a very early advocate of the parents role in clubfoot treatment um mm-hmm. i was getting up and talking to doctors years ago about um you know please involve parents we mm-hmm. parents are important let's let's educate let's let's um get get parents to be part of all of this because it is so important and i think probably my personal experience has been 
as an end user or consumer of Clubfoot, mm -hmm. um, combined with the drive and passion to make sure that as many children possible can have access to this incredible treatment is mm -hmm. that's that's impacted me a lot. Mm -hmm. So tell us why you founded your organization Steps and what well, when I came, yeah, yeah uh, sorry, carry on. No, and kind of just what the core mission is behind it. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, well, the core mission developed over time. I think it's, mm -hmm. it started with one and then developed into something else. Because mm -hmm. when I started STEPS, I'd been back in South Africa for about two years, mm -hmm. um, having met Doc, Dr. Ponsetti. I'd done a lot of on-the-ground work um, talking to a couple of doctors that I'd had access to showing them Alex's feet, bringing back all the materials. Because Dr. Ponsetti basically said to me, Karen, you're going to have to go home and convince the doctors and show them and tell them to use the Ponsetti method because he really did believe that mothers knew their babies mm -hmm. like nobody else and mm -hmm. that they would fight for their babies and they know what their babies need. Mm -hmm. And he said, mothers are my supporters around the world and they've, mm -hmm. helped, they've helped to get the method accepted. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to do South Africa because you're the first South African here. <laughs> so you kind of handed the baton oh, to me. It's just an easy thing to do. They, okay, <laughs> sure, Dr. Ponsetti. Sounds great. He chose the right, he chose the right person, though. He knew. He knew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he I think, you know, I, think when I agreed. I didn't really know what I was letting myself in for. But yeah, he probably did because I don't give up. I think that's one of my personality traits. I, 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 I'm. I tend to just keep going, you know, um, and make the best of whatever I'm in and, and see solutions. And I mean, I managed to get one or two doctors who were really got got it and they really started. One of them had done a course with John Herzenberg after six months after I got back and he started treating patients. I started a little Clubfoot information website, which became so popular because there weren't many at the time for parents that I was getting requests from all over the world can be translated into Swedish this that whatever it all kind of even Chinese you know and it was basic stuff I really just wrote what I wanted to know when mm -hmm. I was starting out feeling that fear of the unknown as I, as I said earlier mm -hmm. um, and wanting to empower parents and letting them know that there was a solution and then um, I realized that I think I had one or two doctors mentioned on the website, but there were people flying from all over the place to see these two guys. And I thought, this is not sustainable. And mm -hmm. for them to all fly to America is not going to be mm -hmm. affordable. Mm -hmm. So how about we bring people here to train? Yeah. And in order to do that, I had to start steps because mm -hmm. I needed to have a vehicle to raise funds to start a, a training for doctors. And that's really what steps was supposed to be for that and Clubfoot support mm -hmm. and that's you know started in 2005 had the first Ponsetti training actually in southern Africa in 2006 mm -hmm. and it was just taken up with such enthusiasm by the doctors we I started off with the database of I think 12 doctors and almost 60 people came which I didn't know that it was actually quite incredible the numbers that came mm -hmm. for a specialized workshop like that right. And then the second year um, did a second training and then started to identify, actually, this is not only about changing the way doctors treat club foot. This is about um, helping 
doctors in the public sector where most kids are treated in South Africa, but at least 80 to 85% of children are treated through government hospitals. Mm. And I knew that they needed resources and help. And that was how Steps as it is today started um, mm -hmm. to develop. And now the, the core of Steps has always been to improve the life of a child with clubfoot, all the different parts of that child's journey to prevent disability. Um, and we now have a four pillar program, which has clubfoot advocacy because um, in the South African population, there's a lot of stigma around clubfoot, mm. uh, especially in rural areas um, okay. and um, ignorance around it. So they think it's a, a curse or sometimes they think it's a blessing um, mm -hmm. from the gods. Um, I, one of the, the clinics I went to in the Eastern Cape about a year ago, I heard a new one, which I hadn't heard before, um, a superstition that if your child's walking with clubfoot, it's it's a blessing because they dance on your crops and they grow better, you know. And I mm. thought, wow, that is really. Um, but you know, it's 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 just all about information, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So yeah. advocacy is a huge part of um, simple message. Clubfoot is treatable. Yeah. Um, get your child in for treatment as soon as possible, and mm -hmm. it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have a Clubfoot Clinic Support Program where we're now supporting 35 clinics in the state sector. Mm -hmm. um, and that is covering the whole country. Um, we haven't reached everybody yet, but we're working towards that. Mm -hmm. And almost, I think right now it's about 2,900 children that are being treated in various stages of treatment, whether it's casting or follow-up. Mm. And then we do trainings. At Steps has done mm -hmm. 21 uh, Ponseti trainings, wow. uh, not only in South Africa, we've done them in um, other neighboring countries as well. Mm -hmm. um, we've also done um, webinars because of COVID. We thought, well, let's try and do something different with mm -hmm. webinars. And now, of course, we're doing the conference. Um, so yeah. that's training. And um, the other thing, the fourth part of our pillar is the clubfoot brace. Mm. And that is a pillar all, all of its own because. Um, mm. Without the clubfoot brace, treatment fails. And there was a shortage of clubfoot braces in South Africa. And I trained people to do the casting. And then they were calling me up and saying, well, now we've done the casting, but we can't get braces. So it mm. became a really important part of our strategy around about mm -hmm. 2012, 2013, when we launched the program to solve the problem of, of um, not having clubfoot braces available for all patients. So that's really summing up steps, I think. Um, yeah. But underneath all of that is parent education is massive. Um, mm -hmm. We've got lots of materials we've done which go into the clinics and can be shared with anybody. So, yeah, I think um, I've brought in my own skills, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the things that I've always appreciated about STEPS is that is the parent education aspect of it, right? Is you guys have materials that are created for parents that... Um, give that information and education. And I'm interested to hear why, why do you think that, that, that the parent education is so important to overall successful outcomes for treatment? Well, I really believe that the parent is, is essential for the, the final outcome because we are with our children much more than any doctor, physiotherapist, orthotist, mm -hmm. medical professional. Um, we can look at their feet, we can assess when things look a bit strange and follow up on that. We, we are responsible for 
the maintenance phase of the program it, of the treatment it's right you know yeah and that's the longest phase isn't it so, you know mm -hmm. the casting yes the casting is a is is a struggle you've got to work out how to clean your baby during the cast and make sure they don't fall off and are they doing done correctly but that's a short phase you know mm -hmm. maybe a month or two mm -hmm. but then you've got four years I mean when they first told me four years I was like four years you know it just seems like crazy <laughs> seems the earth am I going to do four years? exactly <laughs> and I was so intimidated by that yeah and I thought there's no way I'm going to be able to do this I was quite lucky I think because Alex was a good sleeper and you know mm -hmm. after the first two three days of screaming and in absolute rage that he had his feet tied together in that bed temper, the short the <laughs> yeah. short of temper mm -hmm. yeah exactly <laughs> Um, you know, he then settled and every now and then we'd have a little tweak on the bar or, you know, mm -hmm. and sometimes it wasn't wasn't the brace. Sometimes he was teething, you know, because mm -hmm. I think your first go-to is always, oh, it's the brace. Yeah, sometimes right. Sometimes not, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, parents are just, uh, without them, the Ponsetti method would fail. It's mm -hmm. not like if you go in for a surgery for like you've got a broken leg and you put it in a cast and you know then it heals and then you're fine you know right but this is this is a long haul and it's a it's a huge commitment and parents need to know what what they're in for and they need to know their role how important it is and what they need to do mm -hmm. um it's really yeah I, I have focused on that I think I've that's been my main focus is promoting parent education and support of parents and understanding of parents yeah. of, of experience that parents go through mm -hmm. and I think that's a big um as a parent I'm so grateful for people like you who are um starting these big you know and have founded these organizations because you have that direct parent experience right so you know that internal knowledge of what hurdles and things that you needed to know and the potential issues you were going to come up against and I feel mm. like that just informs the way that you approach Clubfoot in a way where people who don't have that direct information um, and experience just don't, you know, it's it's harder, it's, there's a bigger learning curve of what, how essential the parent role is. And I feel like that's one of the great things about STEPS is that it's built into that, that the parent education, you know, that the parents are so important to it and it's a foundation of what you guys do. Yeah, and I think my learning curve was having no nonprofit experience and not having a, me a medical degree. Yeah. And I had to rely heavily on my mentors who were doctors and the mm -hmm. South African Pediatric Orthopedic Society to guide me through the medical approach to things and why things that I thought were easy weren't actually easy to implement. And so I think in a way, and it was an advantage for me to not have medical experience because I kind of just went in, you know, yeah. where, where angels feel to tread. There I was, you know, mm -hmm. asking questions that maybe other people wouldn't have asked or thinking of ideas and networking and mm. being in different um, aspect to it. But I also had to learn their side of it mm -hmm. and understand that as well and I yeah. have a very very um, strong relationship with the doctors that I work with um, and um, steps would not exist without them yeah that's for sure you know right. and so I think it really is a partnership mm -hmm. um, although I'm the parent advocate and and I'm building programs and and running a non-profit mm 
they're bringing in the medical expertise and the two the two should always work hand in hand and not yeah. against each other right yeah I can't agree more with that mm. So let's shift gears a little bit. And I want to talk about this upcoming conference in November, the Clubfoot Africa conference. Can you tell yes. us about it? Like what was the idea behind the inception of the conference? What's the goal of the conference? Just kind of give us the rundown. Sure. Well, this was an idea that started when I was in Zambia having a chat to somebody who was working in another Clubfoot program about four or five years ago. It's like, wouldn't it be great to have a conference that was in Africa? And there haven't actually been that many. I've, I've probably been to most of them, the Clubfoot-focused conferences. Mm-hmm. There's been some in the US. There was one in Barcelona. I've been to one. There's one was in India. Um, but there seems to be a gap. And um, having worked with the Global Clubfoot Initiative, um, and spoken to lots of African partners, and I was working on the Africa Clubfoot training curriculum. I went to pilots for that, and I became aware of the huge need for um, like a cohesive answer and discussion around clubfoot treatment in Africa, which would then also have impact for the rest of the world, because mm-hmm. we work in resource-restricted settings a lot of the time, and if your resources are restricted, um, it actually makes you quite creative and innovative because you've got Mm -hmm. to think of new solutions to deal with the fact that you don't have all the resources you need so Mm -hmm. we can also learn from Africa um, and Africa can learn from the world so plus apart from that sub-Saharan Africa has a very high incidence of clubfoot Mm. um, and also a lack of um, enough people to treat it Mm -hmm. you know and so we've had webinars where we've we've opened them up and the, the engagement and the thirst for knowledge that we've had from participants in Africa has been incredible. We've also had participants from Honduras and Haiti and other countries that have similar resource restricted settings. And I think a lot of what we work with here can be used in other countries. So um, the reason for having it in Africa is because, first of all, I live in Africa and um, I can see the need for it. And as I said, you know, the resource restricted settings is is a is a big thing and you know we've got speakers coming from india and we're learning from them as well and from brazil you know and and countries that have more in common with us because we are we're what they call an upper middle income country we're not lower income but Mm -hmm. we have a mix of haves and have nots we've got a very Mm -hmm. high rate of unemployment we've got a you know serious economic problems but um so there's a small percentage of kids who get great health care and there's a large percentage who don't so mm. we can see, you know, the challenges and we can work through that um, using the amazing faculty that, that we've got. And the, the idea of the Clubfoot Africa Conference is to bring people together who focused on Clubfoot. And we have a lot of not only health professionals, but people who are running Clubfoot organizations coming. Mm. Because, mm-hmm. you know, as, again, we go back to the partnership between the two, mm-hmm. you know, implementation and medical knowledge. The two can work really well together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted it to be slightly different to other conferences I'd been to around Clubfoot, mm-hmm. which were all presenting papers and discussing. We did this amount of tenotomies. There's, there's this many children were um, girls, this many were boys. We've all seen those papers. You know, everybody has has been to talks like that. And I wanted mm-hmm. it to be more longer instructional courses dealing with challenges around Clubfoot panel discussions, 
and more those kind of things. So we will have some papers that, that report on that, but the focus is more holistic. We're even going to have a talk about the economic case for treating clubfoot. Why is it, mm -hmm. it you know, cost less to treat a clubfoot in a country that doesn't have a high um, yeah. healthcare budget mm -hmm. rather than trying to look after a disabled person for the rest mm -hmm. of their lives you know, and that mm -hmm. type of thing. So it's a holistic way of, of looking at it while still having a very, very robust scientific program. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, when I say holistic, there's also a parent workshop. <laughs> yeah. So I included everything. And I, I've, I've been part of Clubfoot conferences where parents are included, but we tend to be in sort of the graveyard shift <laughs> of the conference and people are falling asleep. It's right near the end. And, you know, yeah. and I just felt like I went to a wonderful um, parents. I was invited to go to Italy about four or five years ago. They've got a very strong parent support group there and they had a parents day. Yeah. And that, that was kind of my inspiration for this parents experience workshop mm. was to have some medical information, but um, to also add in the emotional side of the parents experience and yeah. have baby experts talking about um, sleep deprivation or mm -hmm. sensory deprivation, you know, effect on the child, that type of thing and tips for parents. And um, it's, it's a specific workshop, standalone workshop of a full half day. Oh, great. Um, targeted for parents. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Um, yeah. And we're going to hopefully, if we get enough sponsorship for that, we want to record and live stream it because we don't want to charge parents to attend that. We want to, mm -hmm. we want to subsidize it because we're going to have a lot of parents coming from clinics that we support that um, don't have a lot of extra funds, you know, to, yeah. to pay for shops. So we want to make it free. Awesome. So, yeah, I think that that uh, sounds great. And I think that that is part of it is this piece of the, how do you bring the parents in? That's one of my passions has been, how do we focus on bringing the parents into the conversation because they have such an important role in the treatment. And a lot of the time, the work that I found was like, and what kind of propelled me to write the book was like, Okay, but I, I read all this stuff and then it's like the bracing seems to be an afterthought. Like, okay, you're going to brace for four to five years. You're good. And you're like, the parents are like, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Um, uh, you're, you're expecting, like you said earlier, like four years, mm. like am I, it seems like such a long time when you're first yeah. starting. Like this is not a quick, I'm going to have surgery. We're going to recover. And I, you know, I just have to make sure you're recovering and whatever needs to happen after that. This is a long-term commitment. And I just appreciate your ability to understand that parents really need to be part of that conversation and that they need resources and support too, not just mm. about the actual treatment, but about like you said, holistically, like sleeping, mm -hmm. developmental stuff, um, um, your emotional journey through it of having a Absolutely. child, the stig you know, the stigma and moving past that. And so I think there's just so much systemically that happens within families that needs to be addressed because it is such a long-term treatment. It's not like this little bit of time you're in it impacts everybody in the family unit not just parents but siblings and caregivers and anyone else and it's a big it's got to be a big commitment on everyone's part 
Absolutely. And I think it it does. I mean, family are a huge part of it and they can be your supporters. Um, but, it, you know, not I don't think anyone else is going to understand exactly what you feel like mm -hmm. unless they've also had a child with a, a birth difference or clubfoot, yeah. you know, and, and particularly yeah. clubfoot because it's a it's a four year stint. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I, I agree with that. There's a lot of emotional stuff that possibly doesn't get discussed enough around um, what parents go through. I mean, I had a discussion with a mother just last week or the week before um, whose son is three now. Mm -hmm. And her husband had was born with a limb deficiency. And he went through trauma as a child with surgeries. And he freaks out every time because this child, her son has had um, a resistant club foot. And she, she he's now had to have a tendon transfer. And mm -hmm. now he's recovering from that. And her husband's just freaking out, you know, mm -hmm. like, should be fixed. And why? Mm -hmm. And he's got emotional stuff he's got to deal with. Okay. She's doing him and and this the child and then what's the child going through you know i sometimes think when i look at these little babies in the clinic with four adults standing over them you know mother two casting people a nurse and you think and this baby like huge eyes looking up and you think what's going on you know what, mm -hmm. what's going into their subconscious right i mean my, yeah. my son hasn't developed any sort of i i haven't noticed anything that that's changed you know his the way he is but um, he had to go through some other procedure about four years ago, and he had like a whole anxiety meltdown just mm -hmm. from from that. And I thought, mm -hmm. that's not him, you know. And that was some subconscious thing coming back from years ago. Right. So I don't know how you deal with those things, really. It's a, yeah. it's a question for a psychologist and yeah. other experts to talk about. <laughs> I know. Just, I, I yeah, yeah. I think that is a big piece of um, it is. So I appreciate this fact of you know, this kind of holistic approach to it of talking yeah. not just about the holistic part of the treatment, but about how do we care for families and for parents, you know, and put them at the yeah. forefront of the treatment process too, and yeah. include them in the conversation and value their um, experience and their knowledge. Like if, if you want to know how to use a club foot brace, um, you talk to parents because they're the ones that know how to use it more than anybody. Like they're the yeah. ones that know everything about the ins and outs of every part of that brace, you know, because they're the ones that are, I always like to say boots on ground, which is, you know, they're hands on boots every day. So exactly. And we have um, steps has clinic coordinators that go into the big clinics. Mm -hmm. Some of them have been with us for six or seven years. And they actually help the parents with the braces at the clinic. They're not orthotists. Yeah. They don't do the yeah. initial fitting, but mm -hmm. they do all the all the troubleshooting. Yeah. They know exactly what's going on, you know, and much more than any of the doctors do just because yeah. they've got their hands-on experience. And, yeah. that, you know, every every week the parents will come to them and they'll talk through the issues with the brace and, you know, find out, you know, what's what's going on and help them. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so important that team approach that you that you have a lot of different team members there mm -hmm. to support the family long term, you know. Agreed. And yeah, I, club foot is a is a team game, that's for yeah, sure. I mean yeah. multidisciplinary medical teams as well, you know, they've mm -hmm. got to all work together. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Very true. Well, how can people who are listening learn about steps? 
the conference and just the overall work that you're doing? Well, we have social media and mm -hmm. and Instagram and the okay. we post we actually often post little patient success stories or updates mm -hmm. on what we're doing to encourage other parents and also just let people know that you know what what they're doing to support us is making an impact mm -hmm. and um our website is probably the best place to start which is um should I just read it tell you what it's what it is or do you want to put it on your podcast page or whatever but anyway I'll just say it it's www.steps.org.za Okay. Um, you have to put the dot Z dot Z A at the end. That stands for South Africa. Okay. And um, we've also got a a, a a a website that's we've called Clubfoot Africa Education because we've mm. done webinars mm -hmm. and we've got the conference on there. And that's um www.clubfootafrica.com. Okay. Um, all the information about the conference is on there. Um, we haven't started um, sign-ups yet for the parent um, workshop yet. Okay. Registration is open for the conference. We're just mm -hmm. finalizing that to make sure that we can live stream it. Okay. If we can, we're going to set that up so people will be able to to watch it or watch a recording afterwards, depending on their time zone. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, once you've found our website, you can see links to our Facebook page, which has got probably about 80,000 people on it, which is great, and yeah. um, Instagram. And yeah, and just pop us a mail as well, info at steps.org.za if there's any questions or um, advice or information. Awesome. So we're all happy to chat. Well, that's yeah. great. Well, thanks so much, Karen, for being a guest today and telling us about your story and your work with Steps. It's just really inspirational. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Well, thanks, Maureen, and thanks for what you do, giving a platform to lots of people to talk more about Clubfoot. If we're talking about it, that's really the most important mm -hmm. thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Getting the word, word out there. Yeah. So thanks for having me and as a guest, and I really enjoyed talking to you. Absolutely. And thanks just for your continued work and to support Clubfoot children and their parents around the world. And I look forward to hopefully tuning in to that parent portion of the conference in November. So. I hope so. Yes. I'll be looking for the info. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Maureen. It's lovely to chat. Yeah, you too. So as always, thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode and help and found it helpful, please share and subscribe. And if you need to get in contact with me for any reason, you can do so through my website at MaureenHoff.com or Instagram at Clubfoot Chronicles Mom. Until next time. <laughs>